This is a Federal News Network podcast. Contractors unhappy with an award decision can protest directly to the agency that made the award, but more often they skip the agency-level protest and go either to the Government Accountability Office or to the Court of Federal Claims. That's usually because they figure what's the use of protesting to the contracting officer who made the decision in the first place. Here to discuss some proposed changes to the agency-level protest process, Baron Swig, Leonard Partner, Terry O'Connor. Terry, good to have you back. Nice to be here, Tom. Thanks. And so you have pointed out some of the problems that would drive people away from bothering with agency-level protests. Briefly, what are the big issues with it? One of the big issues is that, as you said, you're asking in an agency-level protest, you're asking the judge to be a judge in their own matter, right? Because the contracting officer issues an award. You're going back to the contracting officer asking, did you really steal that contract from me? Well, what answer are you going to get? There is a real good purpose for pre-award protests when there's something wrong with the solicitation. And our experience has been that the contracting officer are almost happy to realize that there's something wrong in their solicitation and to clean it up. So those are the pre-award before the offers go in, if there's an ambiguity in the solicitation or a wrong NAICS code or something like that, that's a very good use and very acceptable use of a agency level protest. But once the award is made, going to the agency Even going a step higher, like GSA, for example, you can go higher to an agency official. There's still that conflict of interest appearance. That's right. And we should point out that protesters lose most of the cases. Oh, they do. Yes. Especially the post-award ones, they do. I mean, I feel sorry for the agencies. I was a government lawyer for 15 years, so I understand the workloads that the agency personnel have. But the credibility of the agency-level protests is very low, and I think there's efforts afoot to try and get more credibility to that process. Make agencies want to use it more. Sure. And if they were more willing to use it, agencies and contractors, it would probably speed things up. And maybe Oh, it would. Oh, it would. Yes. Yeah, dramatically. And relieve some of the clogging that takes place at the courts and at GAO. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the Jedi protests. You know, it's something as valuable and as important as that is running into very legitimate, I would think, uh, from what I've read, very legitimate objection. But we haven't gotten the system. Well, that case has taken on a sort of grandeur. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This ability to drag on. Unfortunately, yeah. But getting back to the agency-level protests, uh, there are some efforts now to maybe reform that through a petition to the Administrative Conference of the United States. Let's uh, talk about some of those. Yeah. The Administrative Conference of the U.S. had Professor Chris Eukins from GW do a study. And it's a wonderful study because he interviewed not just agency people, but also practitioners like me. I didn't get interviewed, but I mean, practitioners in the business to see if there are ways of improving the whole process. It's a wonderful report because it really deals with all the issues and it makes some proposals of how the whole process can get better. Basically, it's got to be more transparent. We have no idea. The business community has no idea how often contractors win at an agency level. Our suspicion is we don't win at all, you know, but it would be nice to know if there's some facts and figures out there. So that would be one of the proposals is to make the process subject to reporting and regular statistics being made known to all parties. Yeah. And it's simple transparency. I mean, European countries are doing these kinds of things. You know, they're, they're letting this information get out. Another good approach in the report is to what is the jurisdiction 
of an agency level protest. For example, there are some things that GAO in its own regulations says, uh, we don't want to handle that except under you know, very usual circumstances. Well, there's so far there, there's really, because there is no jurisdiction uh, in FAR or statute anywhere, the jurisdiction can be very, very wide open. In fact, there's, there's some arguments that some issues that you would like to raise in a protest, you can't make it to GAO, go to the agency, see what, see what the agency says. Sure. We're speaking with Terry O'Connor, the Director of Government Contracts at the law firm Baron Swig Leonard. And one of the other proposals would be to designate some official, almost yes. like an inspector general type of thing, separate yeah. from the contracting process. That get, would seem to have a lot of promise. Some, yes, get somebody with credibility, somebody who doesn't eat lunch <laughs> in the cafeteria with, with the contracting officer. Uh, one interesting uh, alternative is to go, go to uh, another agency, find them you know, completely out of shop. But that's awfully difficult. The agencies are just, I think, overworked from my experience. Uh, so you're giving somebody more work and not giving them any more money. You're getting what you pay for. So this would be the role of an agency protest official, someone that's Correct. whose job it yeah. would be. Yeah. And uh, for example, I think GSA has one. I've been in that arena. Uh, so there are other agencies that have them. But I think you're really, for credibility, uh, it's a little better when there's somebody above and outside of the contracting officer, but they're still part of the same agency. And that's the credibility is, is, is the conflict of interest appearance is always there. And we mentioned Jedi in passing and kind of joked a little bit about it, but it's going to be one of the law book textbook cases, I think, when this is all said and done. And yeah. there they have been to court, they've been to the agency, to the yeah. Defense Department. I wonder if any of this would have fixed things early on, had this kind of process been in place. Well, it could have been. Apparently, there were actually some agency-level protests with JEDI, but of course, we haven't heard about that. I think maybe the JEDI is the poor example because there's it's such a huge procurement that, let's face it, the way the world works anybody who lost was going to be protesting in that. That's just the way the business is. Uh, and okay, we got to deal with that. But the small businesses that spend tons of money on doing a proposal and lose, they want to be treated fairly, or at least be shown uh, that they have been treated fairly. And that's the way you get people to come back to you. And if there was a better and more efficacious agency level protest process, do you think that task order contracts could be folded into that so that they would be protestable? Yeah, I think so. Because right now it's, it's basically a GAO handles the task order protests at varying levels, depending on DOD or civilian. And yeah, that's in fact, uh, in uh, Professor Yukon's report, there's uh, some GAO decisions where, you know, eight, nine years ago, that's exactly what happened before the dollar limits were imposed. But yes, it could be uh, especially in, in task orders. You know, that, that's where the action is nowadays. What's been your personal experience in agency-level protests with clients? Have you won any of them? Oh, yeah. We've won a couple pre-award, but we have not won any post-award. Uh, and we tell our clients, uh, you don't want to waste your time going to the agency. It would be could be cheaper. But the big problem is, and this is going to be a sticking point, um, if you protest to an agency after award, you get the automatic stay at the agency level. But when you go to, if you get a bad decision from the agency and you want to go to GAO, you don't get the automatic stay typically. You know, you got, there's a real tight timetable and typically agency level protests, you do one of those, you're going to miss the GAO automatic stay. So that's being the, the real deciding issue 
for our clients, you want to stay or don't you? Well, then don't go to the agency because you're gonna, you might have to go to the GAO and then you don't have the ability to get the automatic stay automatically. So it's almost a roulette quality to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terry O'Connor is the director of government contracts at the law firm Baron Swig Leonard. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 